Welcome back to This Week on RTE Radio 1. Back to politics now and we're joined in the studio by the leader of the Social Democrats, Holly Kearns, as we continue our series of party leader interviews. Uh, good afternoon, Holly Kearns. Welcome to the programme. You. Um, you've been leader of your party now since um, March of last year. When you took over as leader, uh, you said your priority was housing, housing, housing. Um, if, if that is the case... Why have Social Democrats TDs lodged objections in relation to over 3,000 homes? Oftentimes that's how the government tried to spin it, but um, in many instances submitting an observation to a planning application for one doesn't amount to an objection. And oftentimes if you dig a little bit deeper, those interventions would be to encourage for more of the bill to be social and affordable, less private, because Justin at the key at the at the heart of this crisis is an affordability crisis and what we constantly hear is the government coming out with their figures about how many houses have been built in this year in the last 3 years all of those different figures the key thing being affordability they've missed their targets on social homes mm. every year 2020 21 22 and up to the third quarter of 23 the same goes for affordable purchase homes they are the key figures we need to be monitoring. And instead, they come out with all of these other bills. So when we try and intervene in planning applications for things like that, most of the time it's because we want there to be more affordable purchase mm. homes, more social homes, because that is the key to solving but this crisis. In, in some cases, in, in those objections related to um, complaints or concerns about the density of housing in a particular area um, or or in the case of, of one of those those objections, um, it was that it, it was not in keeping with the character of the local area. I mean, you've said yourself that the, the housing crisis must be treated as an emergency. Um, are your own TDs following through on that when they, uh, when they lodge these, these objections to suggest that housing in their area isn't in keeping with the character of the area? 100% because what we've seen so much of in recent times is very small flats, often with not enough in, the, in terms of basic thing like w things like windows, storage, space, all of those things don't build communities. Those kind of standards do need to be noted. And those observations, I think, are really important from a public representative's point of view, that the houses we build can be homes. And I recognise that this is an emergency and there needs to be, you know, short, medium, long term planning. But these aren't being built in terms of emergency accommodation. These are being built as homes. And what's really important is that we build communities. Mm, you spoke about affordability there. What's your, your understanding or your definition of an affordable house in a, in a place like Dublin, for example? Yeah, look, you know, it's not realistic to say that we could very quickly get, you know, prices down by something like 30% over a very short period of time. But I think the key thing to focus on in terms of delivering genuinely affordable homes in, for example, Dublin, is models like uh, the Aquilon model where they build not-for-profit homes. Now, with uh, house price inflation and, and the costs of builds, they've, those houses were being delivered at about 219,000 a couple of years ago. That's now gone up to about 320. So massively ramping up the support for those not-for-profit housing bodies is the, the best way to bring those homes in kind of more quickly. But in order to get them down more, of course, ramping up the kind of e economy of scales of those not-for-profit builds could have an impact. Um, but ultimately, the only way we can achieve those kind of more affordable uh, prices in, in homes in, for example, Dublin, is more... Um, 
state-built homes and more homes built through those not-for-profit charities. Even if the state builds them, though, the Society of Chartered Surveyors says the cost of building a home in Dublin, a three-bedroom semi, Mm. is €461,000. I mean, you you can't go below that. The not-for-profit organisations are managing to build them at the moment at about 319. And the reason that they can do that is because um, things like building levies are uh, exempt and things like the, the cost of the land. So they're taking out, and there's also no profit made in that. So if you ramp that mod- model up more, the economy of scale could reduce it further. But I recognise it's not easy. But you're never going to get developers to sell homes without making a profit. Exactly. That's why I'm saying mm. we need to ramp up the not-for-profit. And I don't think it's realistic to say to people that we'd say pr- homes provi- uh, provided through the private sector would come down okay. in any short period of time. And it's important to be honest with people like that. I okay. agree with you. We've seen a, an increasing number of protests at locations where asylum seekers are being accommodated. Do you, do you think that communities have a right to express concerns where there are plans, for example, for large numbers of, of single men to be accommodated in their localities? I think that the government's approach to this has resulted in chaos and calamity. Mm. But do you so, think that communities have a right to express those concerns? Expressing concerns, I suppose we have to be careful in our language. Like, it depends, like, concerns about what? And I think I would appeal to communities who may hear um, the kind of voices, be sympathetic to some of the arguments been made that are trying to convince you that for some reason, because somebody's from another country, they might be dangerous. To not believe that, that's not true. And I think, you know, the problem is, you know, when the war broke out in Ukraine, that's two years ago now, we had, you know, obviously the minister had ambitions back then to abolish direct provision, broadly recognised that wouldn't be feasible now. Catherine Day produced a new report at that time saying we needed to build six reception centres, three by one year and that they would be complete by 2024. Here we are in 2024 and the Taunashta was in here a while ago saying, you know, we're not sure when the proposal will be brought to Cabinet. Where is the emergency response to this situation? Can I just say that is what results in then communities kind of turning against each other. And I think we need to be very clear that our migrant population needs to be valued. A a diverse society makes a more rich one. We've two in five of our doctors are from our migrants. So our communities then who express these concerns, are they misguided? I think that their concerns in terms of, say, if you're outside an accommodation centre, you're misplaced. I think we should be protesting outside the Dáil, for example. I think people should move away from, essentially, when people are fleeing potentially dangerous situations and coming to that accommodation centre, that's their home. And I would encourage people not to protest outside people's homes. All right. Can I ask you about the prospect of going into government? You've said uh, that you will talk to everyone, but you've been quite warm towards Sinn Féin. There are a number of other parties who have trouble with Sinn Féin because of Sinn Féin's links in the past with the IRA, which carried out appalling killings in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. You you were asked about this in an interview in the Sunday Independent uh, last year. And you said, the truth is that my generation, we don't feel it in the same way because we weren't alive during the Troubles. And you can always see people aghast at the ignorance of it. But we have to realise the reality that if you weren't alive for it, you don't feel it or remember it in the same way. What do you mean by that? I mean that I understand people's concerns about Sinn Féin. And I also think that, you know, I think this probably is something that requires a much longer conversation than what we have time for here today. But... Ultimately, you know, we hear like every party in Ireland saying we think the DUP should take up office Mm. in the north. So the hypocrisy of that, that people wouldn't then talk to Sinn Féin about a government here. But I'm saying I understand the concerns. I'm not a member of Sinn Féin. 
a member of the Social but Democrats. You said, you said if you weren't alive for it, you don't feel it in the same way. Oh, yeah, of course. Like people who were alive during the Troubles, I think, feel it at a much deeper level than a generation who don't remember that that genuine feeling that a lot of people who are older than us do. And that is the reason why less and less people have those concerns about Sinn Féin. It is, I think, okay. in reality, a generational thing. Final, final question. You're tabling a motion in the Dáil next week calling for the government to support South Africa's case against Israel under the Genocide Convention at the ICJ. You heard the Taunish's explanation. He's adopting a wait-and-see approach uh, before jumping in with support. What do you make of that? Yeah, I heard him uh, speaking earlier about this, saying that it wouldn't be appropriate to intervene at this early stage. And I have to say that that response is not credible at this point. We see other countries, for example, Germany, have signalled its intention to intervene on behalf of Israel. So never has it been more urgent for countries to intervene on behalf of South Africa. And we know, you know, previously Ireland joined with several other countries in um, making a referral to the criminal court against Russia, but why not the same approach with Israel? I think we need to face up to the reality here. There is a genocide happening. There are 200,000 bombs that have a a lethal weapon radius of 58 football pitches being dropped in Gaza. Then there's language like wanting to wipe out Gaza being used. We don't need any more information, I think, to accept that this is an impending genocide. What can Ireland do to prevent this? It can intervene in the case at the International Court of Justice. If not now, when will they? Why the waiting? 250 people are dying every single day. And that issue will be discussed in the Dáil this week. Holly Kearns, leader of the Social Democrats, thank you very much indeed for coming in to talk to us today.